What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another big fat episode of Big Brother Chips Podcast. How's everybody doing today? Whatever fucking day it is, wherever the fuck you are, I'm really fucking pissed off because I recorded half an hour of fucking content, but it didn't fucking save, or sorry, it partially saved in all these little fucking segments, and there's some fucking solid gold shit in there. But it's all fucking fragmented the fuck, and it's not uh, labeled. So it's like impossible for me to fucking figure out which part goes where. So I'm just going to try to reiterate some of the shit I so eloquently and beautifully put together this morning. I had some really good fucking thoughts, I swear to God. I'm really hard on myself. I'm a very like self-loathing, self-deprecating person. So if I'm telling you this stuff was good, it's f- fucking good. Alright? Anyway, um, sometimes I sound like I have a weird accent. I don't know where that comes from. I kept saying the word roll, and it's like roll. I don't know. Every time I said it, it was like, this guy's got a weird accent. Wait, that's me. That's me. I mean, it's one thing if I'm doing a voice or a character, but it's like, I just feel like sometimes I got a weird accent. Accent. Even that I just said with a weird accent. I don't know. Eh, What are you going to do? Um, so... That being said, I don't know if I'll ever be able to reiterate the beauty of this morning, but definitely complaining about losing that shit is is, is, is a great fucking uh, use of my time. Well, I'm very fresh and as a daisy. Now, listen to me. Fuck, I'm stammering. You know you're a stammering little fucking prick. That's obviously, uh, I'm, just, I'm using that line from uh, Goodfellas. Um. What a, what a fucking great movie. I mean, everything Scorsese does, I fucking love. But it, no, that's not what I was talking about. The thing I was talking about was how much I love Sunny Philadelphia. Oh, at first, I started out talking about two of my favorite podcasts that I just... Uh, one I forgot about was um, that Dana Carvey one with David Spade. There's a whole bunch of new episodes uh, I'm listening to. Listen to one with Ray Romano and his fucking... His fucking voice. I do a pretty good Ray Romano. That was terrible. <laughs> My brother's tall. That wasn't an impression of Ray Romano directly. That was an impression of the guy from 30 Rock doing an impression of uh, Ray Romano. Um, actually, my favorite impression of Ray Romano is the fucking... Um, that thing. <laughs> it's just a bit from uh, Family Guy where it's uh, Kermit the Frog, Harold Ramis, Ray Romano. Fuck! I can't remember the fourth guy. But it's four guys with fucking voices. And he's like, I can't get a word in edgewise. Hey, what did he say? And it's just, it's four guys that sound like that. Who is the fourth guy? Harold Ramis, Ray Romano, Kermit the Frog. Fuck, that's going to bother me now. Oh, uh, yeah, my brother's tall. Everybody loves Raymond. Uh, I, fuck, I can't. I used to be able to do everyone on that show, and now I can't get it. I really love Frank Boyle. Fuck, he, I was just watching... Uh, Taxi Driver. This guy's old as fuck in that movie. He was old as fucking uh, Malcolm X. Shit, was this guy ever young? He was old as fucking Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, old Frank Boyle. Um, nah, whatever. That guy's still funny as fuck even when he's old. I don't know, he's probably dead now, but like he was still funny as fuck uh, right up till the end there, I thought, anyway. 
Oh, uh, what I was saying was kind of the opposite of what I'm going to say now. Is like once you get to a certain point of being old, you don't give a fuck what you look like. You don't give a fuck what you sound like. I was saying something about how when you're a kid, it's the same thing. You don't give a fuck. And I, I was talking about how when you're a kid, you don't give a shit about race or nationality or all these other stupid fucking things that people like use as an identity um, or, or as a way to like isolate themselves and fragment, not fragment, uh, say, segregate each other. And it's fucking absurd. And I used to say, oh, when I was a kid, no one cared about that stuff. And I thought that was unique to me. It's like, no, that's everyone. Because when you're a kid, you don't give a shit about that stuff. Because you haven't learned it yet. Or you haven't learned that it's supposed to be important or whatever. Um, regardless. And then when you get older, you stop giving a fuck about all that shit. Uh, hopefully. Best case scenario. But you certainly stop being so self-conscious about how you look. And all this shit that you, you know, it starts when you're like a teenager, you get all fucking concerned about how you look, super self-conscious and insecure, and then hopefully that shit goes away around like, you know, maybe in your 20s, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, and, um, anyway, it's fucking ridiculous to be that insecure and worried about what you look like or how you, how you sound, how you're acting, as much. well, how you're acting, your actions, that's a, that's a different thing. But, like, to be worried that much about being judged for superficial bullshit, it's absurd. Regardless, um, okay, then I was talking about Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's another podcast. Um, the Always Sunny fucking podcast or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, that one is really good. I just found out about that one. And um, I'm really enjoying that. But anyway, I was just talking about how how much fun it would be to do characters like that, to just be a total piece of shit, especially if you're a good person in real life. Because I feel like we're all, I put this so much more eloquently this morning. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> we're all playing a role more or less of a good person because you have to, uh, well, I mean, you have to do whatever your version of a good person is. You have to do that. And then sometimes even over and above to play the role of being a good person. So to be able to drop that and just play the role of a complete piece of shit, like that's what people, a lot of people will drink or do drugs just so they can lose their inhibitions and just be a total selfish piece of shit for a while. And I think that's kind of what like playing a role like that would be like. And I think that's partly why we're so infatuated with a lot of characters that are just fucking awful human beings. But we'd love to be like that. We'd love to just say whatever the fuck you want. Do everything for yourself. Just be like a horrible, selfish piece of shit. Um, it's like one of my favorite shows is The Sopranos. But it's like this, the, the, like one of the original jokes about writing this, like the, the whole storyline of Sopranos is the world is so fucked up that even the most selfish guy in the world... Like a, a mobster that's just like, no, me first, me first. I'm the fucking most important guy ever. Even he's like, can't even function. Like he's, he's breaking down so hard fucking mentally and physically that he can't even fucking, like he's having these panic attacks. The whole body is shutting down because he can't function because the world is so such a fucking awful, stressful place. And um, anyway, so I feel like, what was my point? Oh, my point was, is like, like characters like that, like, like on the surface look awesome. I saw a great meme that's like, if you, uh, if you resonate with these characters or you want to be these characters, you're missing the fucking point. And I can't remember exactly who it was. I would put Tony Soprano on this list, but I don't think he was. Uh, Bojack Horseman was up there. I think, uh, Heisenberg, um, from 
Breaking Bad was up there. It was like, these are very severely broken fucking people. But you don't necessarily have to... Uh, you can just like certain aspects of these people. But anyway, what I was saying this morning was it would be so much fun to play a role like like the guys in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Absolutely fucking hilarious. But they also seem like they're having a real fun time doing it. And um, and I think, yeah, because just playing those roles would be fucking hilarious. It'd be so much fun. Like, I know a lot of acting would be fucking arduous and monotonous and, and like, just repetitive. you got to do so many fucking takes. Um... Oh, yeah, another thing I, I learned from uh, the Sopranos thing, I don't know if I already said this or not, I'm very much struggling with this whole not knowing what I've said yet or what I what got fucking deleted. But anyway, um, was the one guy, uh, Terrence Winter, he's worked on a lot of shit. I don't know why i got to give people's resume every time I say a fucking name or I feel like I have to give someone credibility. Um, <laughs> for me, it means a lot more. Oh, uh, fuck. Anyway, he was saying uh, they were looking for an Italian guy, like like an actual like fresh off the boat guy to play like a zip. A zip is a, a derogatory term for a uh, guy that came straight from Italy or whatever. It, originally, it was a derogatory term referring to specific fucking mobsters that were uh, recruited because they just couldn't trust Americans as much anymore. They were brought over for I can't remember what the fuck it was uh, specifically. They were involved in like certain operations that they would use these. Uh, like a lot of times these guys didn't even speak English so they're having a hard time finding a guy to play a role like this but they brought in Frederico what I can't remember his fucking last name the guy that played Furio Junta in fucking The Sopranos and he was speaking like with this fucking accent it's just beautiful it's very rare that North Americans can do European accents and in the opposite it's almost always better um but they were like you know what part of Italy are you from he's like I'm from I think he's from New Jersey or some shit. Like, he's American. He's just so fucking good. Um, anyway, they said they got that first, that fucking scene. It's one of the first scenes they, um, I think one of the first scenes they shot with him. Like, the first time you see him is in Italy. Anyway, I don't want to go over the whole thing. I'm just going to fuck it up. The only point I want to make is that that was so beautiful because he did that scene in the fucking, um, the tug joint or whatever, like the fucking massage parlor. It was all one take, and it was all, or one shot, but it was one take. They got it on the first fucking one. And, um, I just can't even believe that. Like, I, I, it's such an amazing fucking, uh, scene. I remember it so vividly, and it was just done so fucking well. I figured that would have taken so many shots, so many takes. Um, it'd still be fucking amazing, but the fact that they got it one, one fucking go is phenomenal. And uh, the guy, uh, Terrence Winters, worked on a lot of fucking shit. It's important. I'm not just trying to give the guy credibility, but he says in, in anything he'll do in life will never be as good as that. And I think, oh, fuck, man. That would be pretty fucking hard to top. That was, like, one of the most amazing scenes. And he was talking about, I can't remember who he's talking about. He's, <laughs> this one actor had never been in a fight, apparently, in his life. He couldn't throw a punch. He couldn't even fake it. Um, it was just so bad. Like, this guy, I, I wish he said who it was in the scene or whatever because it, it, it just made me laugh so hard. Um, I've lost more fights than I could ever fucking remember. I would never brag about my fighting ability, uh, other than just fighting through each day. Um, but I could definitely fake it if I had to. I can definitely look like I can fight, and that is its own fucking thing. Um, I can definitely sell people in the idea that I could fight really well, which, um, that can work against you or, um, 
with you, for you, whatever. But anyway, I'm fucking late. I, I, I really want to say all the shit I said from this morning because I feel like you guys, you people, are missing out on so much. I was talking about Phil Collins from fucking Trailer Park Boys. Ah, oh, shit, that kills me, man, because I had so much good stuff to say. I feel like, to me, it doesn't matter, I mean, but to you people, you guys, going through life, missing out on all this valuable shit, breaks my fucking hat. Anyway, I love you all, and um, God bless you. I need a Furio Junta quote to fucking end this off. Uh, I like when he's just like, um, don't bitch to me. That one's good, or... Uh, when they're like, he calls him like Mr. Matthews or some like stupid fucking name when he's trying to intimidate the doctor. And he's like, he doesn't play golf. And he's like, stupid a fucking game. <laughs> that, that always made me laugh the way he says that. Anyway, I love you all. Be well. Don't bitch to me. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back, big brother Chip here. I was just uh, sitting in my car talking to myself and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why don't you uh, talk into the fucking microphone, you fucking shitbag? I'm really harsh when I talk to myself. I try not to be too harsh with anybody else, but me, fuck. I know me, and I'm an asshole. I only respond to violence, rudeness, and aggression, okay? Violence is the ultimate authority, okay? If you got anything to say about anything different to say, I'll kick your fucking ass. Um, no, nah, there's, there's, uh, there, there's many ways to skin a cat. I love that fucking expression. One guy I used to work with used to say it a lot. And, um, the worst is when you start talking about actually doing it. Especially, like, people who are, like, animal lovers. And it's just, like, I got a, I got a pretty strong stomach about a lot of things. But it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we live in a fucking, uh, fairly civilized society here. <laughs> we don't skin fucking cats. Um, here in this country, throughout North America, typically. Although, uh, if you guys remember, <laughs> it wasn't, uh, uh, I hope it wasn't based on reality, but the movie Gummo, where they're fucking shooting cats and selling them to the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> that movie was fucked. Um, I love how they're watching it in belly. <laughs> just like, all the black dudes are like, this is what white guys are like? Like, fuck. No, but if you judge an entire group of people on the lowest rung of their fucking society, the lowest rung of those people, then yeah, that's what you get. That's why um, you can fucking talk shit about anybody. But again, you're judging the fucking... <laughs> It, it, it's all, like, it's so absurd, you know, when you judge any group of people, <laughs> just the fucking shittiest ones. But I'm like the greatest equalizer, we were talking about this at work, and I, I as the token white guy, have to speak this, the, where I used to work, I was the only white guy left for a long time. Um, and we were talking about how fucked up different races are, I'm like, yeah, but, I'm like, guys, once you go into government housing, you can see every race there, and they're all fucked. <laughs> Like, just so fucked. And it's a matter of poverty mixed with terrible fucking genetics. Uh, uh, there, there's, a, there's a pile of things that go on there. Not everyone there is fucked, but it's very difficult not to be fucked when you're just surrounded by people like that all the time. And being poor isn't just what makes you shit. Like I said, there's many contributing factors. Like, it's like... I don't know. And it's not a racial thing. That's what I'm saying. It's a great equalizer where you go into an area where everybody's pretty much fucked. 
And the longer you stay there, the more fucked you're going to be. The more likely you're just going to end up, like, you know what I mean? Like, after a while, it's like you, ideally, if you're, you know, a very strong-willed, strong personality person, um, then you won't be a, a product of your environment. The product, your environment will be a product of you, like, um, fuck. That's from uh, The Departed. I can't remember who, is he quoting somebody when he says that? I've seen that movie like a trillion fucking times. Seems like a bit of an exaggeration. A million times. It's probably, probably a hundred, but, um, I don't fucking know. What was my point? I, I, I just can't get quotes fucking straight in my head. Oh, I just talked to the doctor, so I might, um, might be starting some new medication. Fuck, I seem like a fucking back guy this morning, too, and my back's fucked up, so I'm, I, I'm not sure how I feel now. Um, I started seeing a chiropractor, and he seems a lot more legitimate than most of them. I know they have a, oh, shit, I'm going way too fast. Um, I just admitted to a crime. Wait a second, I'm being tracked now by my insurance company so that if I drive like a dick, I think my premium goes up, but if I drive like a good guy, my premium goes down. However, I am not guided by finance. I'm getting fucked up the ass so hard by this insurance company. Don't get me fucking started. But it's like, when it comes to insurance, it's like fucking... Uh, I, I don't know. I went through about half a dozen companies getting quotes. It's like, so let's just say six guys just came in the shower. You're, you're in prison. Six huge fucking guys just came in the shower. The scariest guys you've ever seen. And one guy's going to use lube. That's the guy you go with. Because no matter what, you're getting fucked. That's what insurance is. Once they made it the fucking law that you have to have insurance, you're, you're pretty much, there's no better anal G trying to uh, emphasize the word. See, if I were writing right now, it'd be a lot easier to make that pun. I'm trying to put the word anal in analogy, talking about ass rape. But that is the only way to explain um, uh, insurance. So, the, the insurance company I went with, I'm not going to name any of them. Because they don't fucking deserve my recognition. But, I do like the idea that your premiums can be raised or, or decreased by driving like an asshole or driving like a fucking decent person. I love that. Not that, but I'm, again, I'm not guided by money. Um, like, fuck, when I started out driving legally, um, like with insurance and, and also my business partner, <laughs> fucking, he had no record of insurance. I'm like, what? This guy's been driving for like 15 fucking years. Um, allegedly. And anyway, there's, there's a lot of ways of working around it, working with another guy's license, another guy's driver's license, another guy's gas license. God only knows how many guys have used my fucking poor gas license, but it, it couldn't bring me more joy. There's no fucking matter of anything you can do to the TSSA, that's the um, the governing body of, uh, what is it, fucking carnival rides, fucking gas pipe, and uh, elevators, and mattress tags. These guys will stick their fucking hand in any goddamn pie they can, or I don't fucking know, whatever. They'll take anything. If they can fucking extort money from fucking hardworking people, they're going to fucking do it. So anything you can do to get one over on these guys, insurance companies, these guys, any sort of extortion racket, legal or illegal, anything you can do. Like, I'll never forget this. I, I told you guys not to get me. I told you not to go there. That's obviously uh, my favorite social, not my favorite social worker. 
I am talking about Louis Guzman, and instead of just saying an interesting fact about him was he used to be a, a social worker. I described him as my favorite social worker. No, I, I actually haven't interacted with quite a lot of social workers that were absolutely amazing. Um, I, I can't speak on the fucking interaction uh, in that context with Louis Guzman. Luis Guzman, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Um, Louis Guzman. Guzman? Guzman? Fucking whatever. The other one is Danny Trejo. Trejo? Trejo? No matter what, I feel like I'm saying it wrong. He's one of my favorite guys. Um, as far as actors go, again, I don't know the guy. I just think he's a cool dude. Um, for, for a number of reasons. One, because he's like... He's a little guy that seems fucking enormous. Um, just because he's just that fucking tough. But I think a lot of tough guys... It's, I, people call it like a Napoleonic complex. Like they try to be little guy. Napoleon wasn't even small. That was just bullshit propaganda to try to belittle him. Literally. Try to make him seem smaller than he was. Um, he was no smaller than the average person at that time. They just, that's how they were trying to make him seem. Um, just like in contrast, uh, William Wallace was, you know, William Wallace is seven feet tall. And then he's just like, yeah, I've heard. I've heard of this fucking guy. Because I was talking before, I don't know if it got deleted or not, how you can become kind of a character of yourself, like a cartoon character. And, like, a lot of people that met me were so unamused, or, or not, um, <laughs> I mean, definitely unamused, but um, almost they, they felt cheated. Like, where's the rest of you? They felt like, there's no, you're not Big Ron. You're, like, fucking not that big or whatever. And it's like... I never said I was that fucking big. I don't know how big I have to be to be fucking considered. These are subjective fucking terms. Is that heavy? I don't know. How much do you lift, motherfucker? It's probably heavy to you. It's not to me. But I don't say that. I think that because that's a dick thing to say. Um, it's like, you know, is this good? Is this bad? Like, these are very subjective terms. Regardless, it's like... I just became a fucking character or whatever, or like that my, my whole persona became like a cartoon character. And no, I was, at my biggest, I was 280 pounds. It was incredibly large for my fucking frame. Um, now I'm just fucking measly, what, 220 something. And I feel like a fucking tiny person because I'm, I'm fucking forever dysmorphic. And I'm also very narcissistic. I, I always end up talking about myself. You know, and uh, even though this is bigger on the Chance podcast, I want to try to steer away from constantly talking about myself um, and talk about something else. No, what the fuck? I, I do. Well, I relate mostly to. I try to relate everything to myself, not just because of narcissism, because it's like my mother always told me, "Stick with what you know." <laughs> I'm trying to do a fucking Thomas Hardy from uh, Bronson. That I fucking love that movie. I just love it. I just, it speaks to me so much. It's a bald guy with a beard. Um, I've never been, um, I've never been imprisoned, but I definitely know about just pacing around in circles and just only feeling like I could bond through violence. Um, it's weird, but it's just like, you, 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 I don't know. But it's very, very different. Pugilism at a young age, that's a, that's a fancy word of saying like fist fighting, fighting hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, I used to think mano a mano meant man-to-man. -man. It means hand-to-hand. -hand. Um, but also, I think shoulders is hombros. Doesn't that mean man? 
your shoulders are your men? Like, that's kind of weird. I'm trying to learn Spanish because I'm trying to teach my baby Spanish, and I have the most limited fucking vocabulary. I'm like, I don't, I'm not even like Peggy Hill level. I'm just so, I mean, my pronunciation isn't as abhorrent, but it's pretty fucking, like, I'm, I'm extremely limited in what I can fucking say, so I'm, I'm working on it, okay, guys? I'm fucking working on it. That's, that's the best I can fucking do right now, okay? So fuck off. I always feel like I'm defending myself, like I'm constantly being challenged. Um, actually, here's a story about um, this one guy showed up, and he wanted—he didn't even know me, but he wanted to fight me. Uh, I showed up at my house, I think, and I confronted him because I was like, "I'm like, what the fuck is your problem, man? Like, you really want to fucking you want to do this? Like, what the fuck do you want? Like, you sought me out." you want to fight me like there has to be some sort of fucking reason and I because I was getting this all second third hand whatever and it turned out he was just another big guy that loved to fight and he's like no I just wanted I just wanted to fight you because you sounded like you could fight you're a big guy whatever and I thought it would be fun like just fight wrestle whatever like I didn't mean anything by it I don't like you know I don't and I was like fuck and then I understood I was like oh for fuck's sakes I mean I'm like, okay, if you want to do that, fucking let's let's pound a few drinks and we'll fight. Like that's that's fine, man. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I let that shit go on all the time. The only thing was is at that current situation I was kind of busy working. And in that context, I can't leave my post. So I would have had to just make you unconscious very, very fast or have someone else do it. And I'm not trying to sound like, you know, um, Actually, yeah, because I had to call my buddy because this guy was a big guy. I didn't understand the situation. I confronted him later on in, under, in a different place and a different circumstance. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll throw down with you, man, just for fun. Fuck. Let's fucking do it. Um, and, and in that case, you know, you go from... It's not necessarily violence. It is still violence. But it's like... It is a form of bonding. Like, I grew up fighting all the time. Like, I, I'm not bragging. I don't consider myself a good fighter. But not, not whatsoever. I went over this in great detail, but I think it got fucking deleted. But I've lost more fights than I can fucking ever remember. And definitely far more than I've ever won. But I always say, um, and this is the fucking, <laughs> this is the song of a fucking absolute fucking loser. And that's fine. I, you don't learn shit from the fights you win compared to what you learn from the fights you lost. The fucking pain, the physical pain, humiliation of losing a fucking fight... Um, that sticks with you. The glory and joy of winning a fight is something. I'm not trying to disregard that whatsoever. But, um, my brain doesn't fucking work. So, if you don't think that's related, I, I mean, fuck, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Actually, I've done more damage to myself just working, getting my ass kicked at work just <laughs> than, uh, than in a fight, but it's like I always, actually, you can compare a lot, actually, I fought at work a few times, um, oh my god, one of the worst fights, I don't like to name names, but this one guy was a fucking beast, and I was like, I was taller than him, so I knew I had more reach, because I was a scrawny teenager, but this guy was beefy as fuck, he's probably like, um, probably like 5'8", 300 fucking pounds of Italian fucking meanness, <laughs> and aggression, and I was like, if I can just hit this guy really hard and keep moving, I'll be okay, I'll be okay. Um, 
and I was doing all right. And then, yeah, as soon as he got a fucking good hold of me, I was like, fuck. And I, I just, I did everything I could. And then I remembered the guy just using me as a fucking battering ram and smashing my head into the fucking, uh, this steel door. And, uh, there's probably still dents on it to this day. If that's, if that's, I think that store is still there. They've been trying to rip that place down for fucking decades and build condos, which is, which is the, uh, tradition of the greater Toronto area is to rip down everything that is sacred and build fucking condos and then fucking make them completely unaffordable to anyone in the neighborhood. Um, but regardless, that neighborhood is still full of some really, really great people and various fucking dents from my head um, during my formative years. There is surprisingly little permanent damage done to my fucking head. That's like uh, one of my buddies. It's like the, the fucking montage in my memory alone of head trauma. It's like Homer Simpson. It's just like, how the fuck are you still alive? How do you still have all your faculties? <laughs> Actually, one of my best friends, I don't like to name names, but this guy's fucking, like, bigger than me and just ran a fucking marathon. I'm so blown away by that. Like, I knew the guy was working out hard. I knew he was training hard. Like, this guy is just one of the most inspirational dudes, you know? And, then, like, a lot of these guys you know in your life, you think, ah, oh, like, for better... For more or less, for better or for worse, he's just another one of us. And then you start thinking, it's like, no, no, no. Some guys are way more than just your average guy. I don't know. This this guy'd be really uncomfortable if he heard me talking him up like this and bigging him up because he's a he's a you know he doesn't he doesn't respond well to that. It's uncomfortable, you know. He's not an egomaniac like me. Take all the praise I can get, keep it coming. But no, I couldn't believe this guy ran a fucking marathon. Like I remember getting to the point where I again I got to talk to my about myself now um getting to the point where i could run 10 kilometers a day that was after a few years ago I, I almost died and i just had this fucking like huge awakening so i was like i gotta start working out and i started working out every day i got to the point where i could run at least 10 kilometers every day and that was huge like post 30 or post 35 i reset the the records i was like that was so huge for me but for this guy, that's even big. Because when you're a big guy, you like to make excuses. Like, oh, I'm too big to run. I don't have to fucking run. Fuck you. And for the longest time, strong men, like the strongest guys in the world, were big fat blobs. Like, what the fuck happened? Now these guys are looking like they're in great shape. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're the guys are the strongest guys in the world. You don't have to fucking have abs or be fucking like ripped or anything. You could just be big fat blobs and we could all use you as a fucking like this is what i want to look this is what the strongest guy in the world looks like so fuck you that's what i want to look like <laughs> i'll tell you though the fucking fattest i ever was was the strongest and best shape i i might have ever been in and like it wasn't sustainable i would have fucking died um but i didn't look like i i fucking worked out three hours a day because i just gained i just trained for strength and size, well, size just for more strength. I just wanted to lift more. Every day I wanted to lift more. I just want to lift more. And the only reason I did an hour or two of cardio every day is because I wanted to increase my endurance to increase my strength so that I could fucking lift more. But I was also a fucking idiot when I started because I didn't understand you should do your cardio after. My whole thing was I hated it at first, so I wanted to get it over with before I lifted the weights. So then uh, I would do an hour or two before I even fucking started lifting. So that was incredibly fucking stupid. Because in my experience and my expertise, like I, I fucking read endlessly, watched so much fucking shit, talked to so many trainers, 
And I'm still a little baffled. Like, so much of it is simple, but, like, when it comes to working out and fucking nutrition, it's like there's so much shit. And because that knowledge, because that information is so sought after, then you've got so many fucking dickheads, endless dickheads coming out of the woodwork giving you all this stupid fucking advice that is completely unfounded or horse shit. Also, a lot of the shit, you got to find out what works for you. Some of the best advice I ever got or I ever heard um, was... Just fucking do it. Yeah, get some tips, get some fucking uh, whatever, like, uh, at first. But, like, nobody has worked out for 10 years and hasn't figured it out yet. And after hearing that, it's like, okay. Like, yeah, you could definitely benefit from some help and tips and fucking uh, information from so many different fucking sources. But you gotta fucking learn yourself what works for you, what, what doesn't work. And again, sometimes you gotta hurt yourself. And like I said, like, when you really get hurt fucking physically, emotionally, spiritually, you'll never fucking forget it. And that's because your brain saves that shit to try to protect you in the future. So sometimes you got to go and do stupid fucking shit so that you know better for next time. Um, Because no matter what, like, you know, it's like you tell your kids or you tell anyone younger than you or anyone who's traveling a path that you've already been down. You try to tell them this and that. And that's not a bad thing. But you also got to let people make their own fucking mistakes. And that can be hard. Uh, another thing is like when you're working. Like I've worked with so many fucking people in so many different contexts. So many different jobs. So many different settings. And once you get really, really into it. Really fucking passionate. You develop um, ways of doing things yourself that you think are the fucking best. And you keep developing new fucking innovations to make your fucking life better. To make your job go better. Um, this is one of the... Or, or at school, you st- I remember developing all these fucking um, different like color-coded filing systems. And all these crazy fucking things that just really helped me get fucking organized with all my courses. And all my jobs and all this shit. Um, but regardless, that was just for me. And the thing is, is I might think that I'm doing things better than someone else... That person's going to think the exact same fucking shit. So, to keep in mind, when you are training new people... I haven't trained anyone new in a long fucking time. Uh, The only guy I work with directly, typically, is my brother-in-law, who's fucking a better worker than I am. Who's actually gotten so good, he's better than I am. And I need him far fucking more than he needs me. And, um... Actually, now that I don't even have a gas license, I don't have any... There's nothing this guy can't do that I can do, but... I find so... Anyway, let me just make this point because I feel like I I have such a hard time doing this. But you got to let people do things their own fucking way. Because otherwise, if they're just not... They're doing things everyone else's fucking way and they're not like... Or doing things whatever your way is, for better or for worse, then they're never going to develop that passion, that personal fucking connection. It doesn't matter what the fuck... I'm using the context of work. If it works, school, things you do... Everyone does things different at home... Um, you gotta let people do things their own fucking way if you want them to fucking be successful at anything. Or enjoy what the fuck they're doing. Because you're gonna have resentment if you, you feel like, you know, you're constantly going against the grain of what you want. And, and like, a lot of people do things so fucking efficiently. I'm sorry, do certain things so fucking efficiently, but then they apply that fucking confidence to something that they do fucking terribly. And believe me, we all fucking do this, whether you realize it or not. There's there's stuff you're doing so fucking stupidly that if you could swallow your fucking pride and just, like, try it a different way, you'd probably... Like, you know, like old-timers a lot of times... Um, not all, 
a lot of old timers still fucking are able to learn and fucking progress. But after a while, you get set in your ways. And that can happen at so many different ages and so many different stages of life where you're just like, I know everything I need to know. I'm the best I need to be. I'll never get better. And I won't hear any fucking different from anybody. There are so many people doing that. And it's not, like I said, I'm saying old timers because typically it would be someone who's older. But that can happen at such a fucking young age. And um, it's one of the most tragic fucking things when people just get to the point where it's like, ah, I don't want to learn anymore. I don't, I don't want to improve at all. I don't want to learn to, like, in, like improve in any way shape or form it's like what the fuck is the point of even being alive like you think you're the ultimate perfect fucking human being now like what the fuck and like I said I get really fucking grumpy and fucking uh, whatever when I'm working sometimes and I and I can't stand people around me busting my balls while I'm fucking working to the point where I don't even interact with them afterwards and I feel like then I've really truly lost something because that is a part of me that that is like my greatest resource I've ever had that I try never to take for granted is my constant access to people and that I can learn so much from every single person that's an absolute I stick to but even just to have that interaction to improve somebody's fucking day or just listen to somebody or just fucking whatever even if you don't find them interesting or can learn anything from them in that moment even just to fucking have a positive interaction like that has such a huge effect on the fucking world like, the entire fucking world depends on all those fucking, like, whether... Every, every single person depends, like, their actions are going to depend on whether or not their fucking interactions with others are positive or negative. So, it's like, every single thing you do has a consequence, whether you get to see it immediately or see it ever. Um, regardless, I feel like a piece of me is broken or dead when I can't fucking have that interaction so it's like either and either it was a person that was treating you well and then I feel really shitty or if it was a person that wasn't treating me well I feel even shittier if I let them get the best of me you're gonna let some shitty person being shitty fucking that, that sh you should never let something like that affect you it's kind of like what uh, Bruce Willis said is like you can't let other people control you um, I can't remember exactly how he said it he's like you can't just constantly be getting upset because reacting to things or getting mad all the time. I can't remember exactly how he said it. The general sentiment, though, is you're just letting everyone control you. You can't let your fucking, like, other people control your emotions and thereby control you. Um, I have no idea what the original quote is or if I'm even fucking circling it at this point. Regardless, I gotta get into work. I had a few appointments this morning. I'm running late, so now I'm gonna fucking race through a bunch of shit and get caught up. I love, I love both of those. I love uh, taking it easy every once in a while, but I love just like when I'm feeling energetic and motivated and I have a bunch of fucking work to do. There's a perfect balance between being, that you can hit sometimes between being way too stressed out with too much work or having like seemingly nothing to do. I'll never say you actually have nothing to do. That is the most absurd fucking thing anyone could ever fucking say. You always have something to do. That's horseshit. Anyway, I love you all. Be well. You guys have stuff to do, so go fucking do it. Stop listening to stupid podcasts from fucking idiots and um, start listening to me. I was, I was going to throw some fucking shade my way. Um, I've never used that expression. I just drove into the shade and I... Anyway, I was going to start insulting myself, but no, fuck I lost what I was trying to say completely. All right, guys. So uh, get. Oh yeah, do do whatever you got to do. I love you all.
What's happening, everybody? How's it going? Big Brenda Champ here. One thing I wanted to talk about, I was uh, I was trying to get this thought out before, was um, I was just I, I was listening to Sepultura. I fucking uh, love those guys. Um, I used to um, I used to be friends with one of the first guys in that band, and um, I guess because the thing is is I, I, you, so many bands are formed and 99% of them 99.9999% um, go fucking absolutely nowhere and it's just like so many other fucking things you know it's it's incredibly almost impossible to get successful so you don't really give a shit when a band breaks up too much it's not that big of a deal it happens constantly you know if you're a musician you're in and out of bands um just like, you know, in any other group, you, you, you're in and out of jobs or in and out of groups of friends. It happens, you know. Um, the other thing is, it's hard for everyone to get along. It's like, fuck. It's like Guns N' Roses was such a great band, but Ox Rose, he's a fucking dick. I love that uh, video of <clears throat> James Hetfield found um, Ox Rose's rider. rider. A rider is a celebrity's list of demands. Um, uh, whatever, you know. And there's some fucking insane shit. Just like real high maintenance fucking people, just asking stupid as shit. I can't remember everything that was on there, but James Hetfield's going down because he hates Axel Rose because Axel's a cunt. Um, and um, all I remember is he's like cubed ham, little cubes of ham, so they don't get stuck in his little fucking chicken neck. <laughs> just remember him saying that. Oh man, this is fucking hilarious. But what are you gonna do? But that's the thing, you gotta separate sometimes the art from the, the person, because he was an awesome fucking vocalist, a fucking awesome front man. Like, regardless of any drugs, who the fuck puts that much energy into a performance? Um, fucking just running around like a maniac. I'm like, how many times has he switched shirts? That's when I was a little kid, I was watching Guns N' Roses uh, like live shows, and um, it's like he's just going back to do a bunch of drugs and he comes back with another shirt so idiots like me anyone who's under like six seven years old is like oh he's got a new shirt okay <laughs> oh <laughs> ah shit like you can do all the drugs you want but i remember another part of that was um my brother told me that fucking sweating was people's skin melting and i, I believed him because you know brother's a smart guy but he's also really good at coming up with bullshit and he never and he just keeps he just kept going and he just kept saying like yeah that's that's what happens you know your skin is melting and then he's like he's like look at all these uh like we're watching these guns and roses fucking concert or whatever on on the vcr uh we weren't at a concert i mean let me be clear and he's like, look at how skinny these guys and how much they're sweating. It's like, for one, they're up on stage. There's stage lights. That alone would make you sweat. Being in front of an audience would make me sweat. I didn't understand any of this at the time. But also, again, the drugs, okay? <laughs> these guys are sweating because of the drugs. And also, you don't think fat people sweat? Uh, I will tell you right now, as a fat man, you sweat a lot, okay? But anyway, my... Uh, my brother's a really good front man. He's really good for getting the audience going. Um, fuck, so even some of like the really small shows were so much fucking fun. I remember doing a, a little mini tour up island and I got to go along. And um, we went to this little place called fucking Merville. Um, I, 
guess somewhere north of Victoria. Actually, when I used to not drive, I almost never knew where the fuck I am. I have a great sense of direction, but like, I, I if I'm not paying attention, um, I know it's up island because you can't go any other direction or you'll be in the fucking ocean or eventually back to the mainland. Um, but it was, it was just such an awesome experience. It was just such a small town. They were so happy to have anyone there to play a fucking show. We played in the town. Well, I didn't play shit. Um, they, they played in the town hall and we just fucking partied there all night. And it was just such a blast. Like, I, I, it was like the whole town was there. And I remember being like, oh, we're going to get in trouble for like drinking out in the street or whatever. And the guy I was talking to was the fucking like county sheriff, I think. And, uh, <laughs> I could have been wrong about that, but I was like, okay. And then I'm like, wait, where are we sleeping? There's no hotel. There's no motel. There's like, and they're like, oh, oh, they've uh, offered us the town hall. He's like, we're just going to sleep in sleeping bags on the floor. And I was like, oh, fucking right. And, and we did. We all did. We just kind of like everyone just partied till they collapsed. And uh, it, was, it was a fucking great time. But those guys were so fucking like it's such a high energy crowd. Like you just, I don't know. It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah, I was hoping my, uh brother would be uh one of his bands would be successful enough to take me on the road with him so i didn't have to actually fucking work hard and i got to travel around the world just being a dickhead um but you know what are you gonna do i thought it'd be awesome to be a part of an entourage and then i saw that show entourage and i was like i hate everyone on this show this is horrible i don't want anything to do with this i'd rather be fucking poor and go nowhere than be one of these dickheads but actually, that being said, I fucking love uh, Kevin Dillon. He's fucking hilarious. Um, and also, I was just, I don't know why this popped in my head this morning. The fucking, it's a uh, BoJack Horseman fucking Mr. Peanut Butter. is <laughs> like, he's trying to tell someone they have a bad idea. And his way of illustrating that is like, if this idea were a Dillon brother, maybe it's more of a Kevin than a Matt. <laughs> and, um... I don't know, it's like, why the fuck did you have to attack Kevin Dillon? What did he do in this in this context? But it's a perfect illustration because Matt Dillon is significantly more successful um, than his little brother. And so his little brother got a role uh, as a very success, very less successful brother of a, of a fucking brother who was a successful actor. I'm sure there was a better way of successfully saying that. Anyway, I am um, starting some new drugs this morning. Very, very optimistic about these specific ones. I've been so up and down on these medications. I've been trying uh, back and forth, back and forth. So I'm really hoping this shit fucking works. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. I just, I can't take this fucking ADHD anymore. It's fucking just killing me. And like, I thought I just developed in the last few years, but I am pretty fucking sure I've had this shit my whole life. But yeah, I don't get it. It's like, because I've just learned that it's hereditary, but it's like, well then, how the fuck is all this other shit? I, I thought it was just from like overstimulating, you know? It's like, it's logical. It's just like you're constantly stimulated all the time, so your brain just can't fucking focus. Cause it's just like, I don't know. But... Yeah, looking back, it's like, I just fucking, I, I think I've had this forever. Because um, I remember struggling so much in school and work and not being able to focus on shit. I mean, what the fuck? Um, and I just thought that was everybody. I thought everyone had that fucking problem. But 
I don't know. What are you going to do? I mean, I don't want to be on... I wouldn't have wanted to be on fucking drugs my whole fucking life. But uh, but anyway, yeah. And, then, and I remember it was, it was really young. I think I was in like grade five or six. And I drank like a coffee or like half of one or whatever. And uh, I remember going back to school and like fucking getting work done and feeling happy and not being distracted, not fucking around, not doing the usual bullshit and like just getting all this stuff done and feeling like so good about myself. And then I think I've, I know I've already told this, but like that's that's why I feel like with caffeine, I've been chasing that dragon my whole fucking life. And um, I was telling the doctor that about how... Um, well, I, I, the one medication she gave me made me groggy, so I was, like, just... I was so afraid of being, like, so on alert and fucking passing out while driving or whatever. So then I started drinking coffee, and then more and more and more and more. So I'm at, like, 30 fucking espressos a day, which is retarded. And then I'm, like... And then it's hard to tell the symptoms from any fucking medication because my stomach's fucked, my brain is fucked, the anxiety is fucked. Like, the irritability is fucked with caffeine. It's, like... Because you can become in this heightened alert state. Like, I'm, I'm very sensitive to this stuff. Uh, even though I did kind of keep increasing my tolerance. Um, but a lot of things affect me. Uh, I mean, everyone um, gets affected in different ways, you know. It's like our body chemistry is all so fucking different. You can give two people the exact same fucking shit. And they will, like alcohol is one, you know, weed. Um, just those two. No, I mean, even, like, caffeine in some people, it doesn't really affect them too much. I still get an energy rush. And actually, yeah, since I got sick, I fucking, um, I just detox completely. I had horrible, horrible fucking migraines, because that's the thing. When you, when you get off the coffee, it fucks your head up real bad, or any stimulant or caffeine or whatever. But anyway, um, but then, the next one you have is, like, so much more fucking powerful, works so much better. But it's a slippery slope, just like with the booze or whatever. It's just like, oh, yeah, I can just have one. Oh, I can just have one or two. Yeah, I can have a couple, two or three. And then next thing you know, you're a fucking junkie again or an alcoholic or a fucking whatever. But my whole thing is I have, um, well, obviously I have an unhealthy obsession with caffeine. But not just, not just abusing the substance, but just talking about it way too much. I compare it to like someone who's anorexic who uh, just starves themselves because it gives them control of their life or whatever. There's so many fucking things that people do to just feel some sort of control over their life because they, they can't control or do other things. Or sorry, can't control other areas of their life and, and, and it's, it's a really fucking bizarre thing. Um, and it's hard to know in the time that you're doing it. But that's how I, I, I love to be able to control when I have energy and then decide when it's not as important when I can just be totally fucking spaced out. Um, like I've always thought I've only ever given myself energy for when I'm at work because that's when I need it. Um, I find if I'm with other people like outside of work, I, I have a natural fucking energy or sometimes I do just need to be really fucking tired and, and try to rest because like I'm not really good at resting. Um, so it's like, if it's not chemically induced somehow, it's like, it's just not really going to happen. Not good at relaxing, not good at resting. Um, it's like fucking, I, I, I appreciate all the benefits of yoga, but I, yeah, trying to fucking rest or whatever, or even like meditation or whatever. Um, 
I used to try to do that. It's very good for you, but it's like, yeah, if you can't find peace inside your fucking head, it's impossible. But, whatever. But yeah, and, um... I came up... Oh, yeah, so what I was just going to say is I, I think of people drinking coffee outside of work is, is like drinking alcohol at work. Like, I feel like you should be going in one direction or the other. Like, you should be making yourself more energetic and alert for work and then more fucking sociable and sloppy in your off time. But there is a lot of crossover there. I don't know. I used to drink and work all the time. Um... You could be a functioning alcoholic, uh, but it's, again, it's a slippery fucking slope. I, I, I was functioning very well, uh, at least in my opinion. Ah, oh, fucker. And, um, what's it called? Well, I mean, I, I don't go off of my own opinion because that's very flawed. and just like, oh, I'm fine because I said I'm fine. Anybody who's an addict is going to say that. I go off the, uh, the reactions of other people. But the thing is, if you do get fucked up enough, not only do you stop giving a fuck, but you can't even tell how other people are reacting to you. And that's actually one of the good things about alcohol in, in, uh, short, in the short term. If you just need to stop giving a fuck about anything, or any drugs, they give you a break from that. But you got to come back. Reality is going to be waiting for you no matter what. So it's like, you either got to learn to function or just stay away from the shit. I don't like the all or nothing approach. That's uh, one thing with, like, the AA and the 12-steppers and the fucking all that shit. It's like, you got to get control of the fucking thing, but to say you can never, ever have it ever again, like, fuck that shit. And then the other thing is trading one addiction of drugs or alcohol for the addiction of fucking religion and the uh, delusion of that. And that's just another fucking break from reality. That's another fuck or another, you know, escape anyway. Anyway, my uh, one of my biggest addictions, though, is is this. It's just rambling on. It's so compulsive. I feel like it's like if I don't get all this shit uh, as much as possible said, it's like it, it it's like it kills me. I don't know why. It's weird. Um, but anyway, I appreciate you guys listening. I really do. And I appreciate the positive feedback, too. Like, it makes me feel good. But also, it holds you people culpable. Culpable? You're the culprits. I think culpa is Latin for blame. Am I, am I getting that right? Or guilty? The guilty culprit? Anyway, I'm just saying I that I can blame you people. Because if someone's like, why don't you stop doing your podcast? It sucks. But fuck you! I do it for the people. You know, I uh, like that. I like the guy, uh, Mickey Rourke's character, the wrestler. And he's like, I'm here for all of you. I can't remember what he says. Man, that's a sad fucking movie. It's a good movie, but it's fucking sad. Fuck. Um, but anyway, I, uh, I hope, uh, I hope Mickey Rourke plays me and my, nah, his face is fucking ruined, the poor guy. Well, I mean, it was ruined in a good way. Like, he was just beat, getting, like, in all these crazy fights. But much worse, he got all this work done. All this fucking facial surgery. It's like, dude, why? Why would you do that? You look fucking terrible. Um, you look terrible in a good way before. Like, looking beat up and grizzled. That was fantastic. And it worked so well with uh, some of those roles he was getting. 
But it breaks my heart that people think they need to have fucking that terrible surgery to look good or young. Like, you don't look young. You don't look good. You look like a fucking alien. It breaks my heart. Everyone should just be happy with who the fuck they are, more or less. Especially things you can't change. You shouldn't change, like your face or your physical appearance. I guarantee if you develop a personality, um, people will forgive you for any fucking physical misgivings. That I, I believe wholeheartedly. Anyway, I love you all. Be well. And however you look, guys, I love all your faces.